Well, uh, this week we're going to take a break from our study in Romans, and we're going to look to the Word of God this morning, and we're going to think about this, quote, season that we've all been enduring now for just about a year. And I don't know about you, but if I hear the phrase, new normal, one more time, in the way that it's currently being used, that will be one more time too many. I'm not interested in this kind of new normal. And yet, at the same time, I gave a strong amen some weeks back when Pastor Ian warned against the longing in in some folks' hearts to just have things go back to the old normal. I hope you see this too. I, I hope whether you're thinking about life the way that it used to be or the way that it has come to be in these days, I hope you see that what we need to be normal in our lives is to make the best use of the time that God has given to us no matter what season we're in. It's in this upside down season that we really have a noticeable opportunity to examine how we're using our time and I would argue that it's not just a good opportunity, it's essential. It's essential that we look to our lives and examine how we are using the time that God has given to us. And maybe you've um, used some words to describe this season. Maybe you've heard some words used to describe this season. Words like chaos, disorder, confusion, maybe interruption or disruption. Maybe you've used the word stuck or hard or challenging or enough. (laughs) However else we might describe this season, the word of God has some choice words for us to pay attention to as well. Words like carefulness, words like wisdom and understanding. Open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to be looking at a few different texts this morning. And just by way of further introduction, I want to put some of the Apostle Paul's words to the church in Ephesus before us to serve us as as a starting point to what we want to think about. In chapters 4 through 6 of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul exhorts the church of Jesus Christ in how to live and how not to live. And in doing this, he uses the metaphor of, of the walk, the, the walking that describes the Christian life. In chapter 4, verse 1, he says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. In chapter 4, verse 17, he goes on to say, Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. Chapter 5, verse 1, he says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. In verse 2, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Further down in verse 8, Paul says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children 
of light. And then we come to verse 15 of chapter 5. The Apostle Paul says these words. He says, look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. And we're not going to really delve in for a fuller explanation of these two verses, but maybe just to paraphrase by way of a little bit further explanation. We could read it like this. The Apostle Paul says, Every one of you must continually watch your day-to-day living, paying close attention to not be foolish, but instead wisely, always using the time you have in the greatest way, since the world in which you're living is trying to pull you into its unrighteousness. The point is this, we must be extremely careful how we live. We must watch over our lives with vigilance. We must make the best use of our time. And I'm not sure what could compel us more to consider this than the kinds of things we've been experiencing in this last year. So many changes to what our lives have normally looked like. There's been times we haven't been sure what we're supposed to be doing. There's, there's been times we felt prevented from doing the things that we know we should be doing and want to be doing. There's been times we've certainly wasted and neglected to do the things that we could have been doing. And I don't know what's coming. I, I don't know what kind of normals are in store for us in the coming weeks and months. But listen, we, we know this. We know that whatever life looks like, for God's glory and by his grace, for our good and for the good of others, we need to make the best use of our time. So this morning I want to look at a few places in scripture and I want us to consider how to make the most of our time this season. So first, to make the most of our time this season, we must cast off every entanglement We must cast off every entanglement. And you can turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12 next. Shifting gears uh, just slightly here with the analogy of a a walk. Uh, We're now looking at our lives as a race. In in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, the author tells us of many examples of those who've endured to the finish line, so to speak, through the many hardships and and the different difficulties of life. And he draws our attention to these people, not just for history's sake, but as an encouragement for us. An encouragement for us and for believers of all time to press on in like manner, just like they did. Look at chapter 12 and verse 1 with me. Word of God says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. This metaphor, this this race, it's so helpful for us to think about our lives. And as we think about this race, uh, surely it's not just some short sprint. No, this is 
a longer course. This is a race with many legs, many, many stages to it. And I'm certainly not a racer by any stretch. But if I were and I was, and I was getting ready for a long, arduous competition, there's a few things I hope that I would consider that, that I'd like to understand. I, ho- I hope I would think about the conditions of the race. What's the weather going to be like? Is it going to be hot and sunny? Is it going to be cold and, and rainy? Is it going to be snowy or icy or windy? What about the terrain? Is the ground going to be flat? Will it be a lot of uphill or downhill? Is it going to be solid ground? Or maybe will it be muddy? And will there be any obstacles along the way that I should look out for? Maybe any quicksand? Is there going to be anybody trying to get in my way, trying to pull me down and and slow me up in this race? And listen, beloved, when we think about the race that is our whole life, the answer to all these questions is yes. Here's what I'd be inclined to pick if it were up to me. I'd go with constant sunshine, not too hot, but, but warm with a gentle breeze at my back. I'd pick slightly downhill the whole way. Solid ground always with zero obstacles. But we don't get to pick, do we? Life is an assortment of various conditions. Different kinds of seasons that we must run through. And right now we're, we're in a difficult stretch and, and yet... We need to remember that God is in control of all of the conditions. We need to remember that there's not one day of this life in any corner of the globe where things aren't going exactly according to God's sovereign plans and purposes. As it stands in Scripture, He does according to His will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth and none can stay His hand or say to Him, what have you done? So what does this mean for us right now in this season? However severe you think the pandemic is or isn't, whichever group of medical experts you believe are offering uh, the most uh, correct assessments, whether you think the government response is appropriate or overreaching, the reality is the conditions of our race are what they are right now. And the question that we need to ask the God whom we believe is truly sovereign over it all is not why, but how. How do you want me to run? And here in Hebrews chapter 12, he gives us a very clear answer. He, he says in verse 1, he says, Look at the examples of the runners who have gone before you, of those who have had to endure through really hard times, and you too endure. Laying aside every weight and sin which clings so closely Another consideration 
that any race runner needs to focus on before running the race and, and while running the race is precisely what he or she is going to take along with them on the way. Any excesses in heaviness, excess clothing, baggage, any of these things that are are not essential to the runner will slow the runner down and hinder them from progressing well. So all of this needs to be cast off. Sin, of course, needs to be cast off. And I'm going to let our study through the book of Romans right now mainly suffice in this regard, but... Maybe I'll just summarize it like this. Of course sin is going to hinder our race. Of course sin is going to get in the way of our living properly for the Lord. As we heard last week, how can we who died to sin still live in it? If our walk is a walk with Christ and and our race is a run to Christ, then for sure we can expect that us holding on to sin is going to have adverse effects. Jesus died for our sins. And we know, remember, we know that if we are in Christ, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. So in this race, we cast off the old self and we run in newness of life. But it's not just sin that entangles us. Did you catch this? The scriptures say we need to cast off, we need to lay aside every weight. If you have a different English translation, maybe your Bible says, let us throw off everything everything that hinders or every encumbrance. The idea here is any obstacle whatsoever that's going to take our eyes off of joyfully trusting in the promise of God that for us who have faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, there awaits a glorious eternity with him after we've crossed the finish line of our earthly race. Look at verse 2. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is how we're supposed to run the race. This is how we're to keep on casting off every entanglement, looking to Jesus. Listen, here's my contention when it comes to this, reaching back now to where we started in Ephesians chapter 5. Listen, wasted time is one of the greatest obstacles to enduring well in the race of the Christian life. Wasted time is one of the greatest obstacles to enduring well in the race of the Christian life. Most of us have seen uh, that little child 
running in a race, participating in some event where they need to get to the finish line and we're cheering them on and what do they do? But they stop. Right? They sit down. They, they, they stare up and they start looking at the clouds. They start running in circles. They, they veer off course and, and they start going in a different direction. They, they start playing with one another. And we're like, go, go, go. What are you doing? You're... What? Wasting time. Why do they do this? Because they're foolish. God commands us to look carefully at how we walk or run. Not as unwise, not as foolish, but as wise. Making the best use of our time. Each one of us needs to analyze our own lives. Especially, especially since our lives have been affected in one way or another as far as our daily and weekly routines and and the rhythms and habits of lives, how they've been so disrupted. We need to, to really stop and look and watch our own lives and recognize what needs to be cast off, even if it's not inherently sinful, Because it's hindering us from faithfully looking to Jesus. How does the saying go? Um, Is it even a good thing becomes a bad thing when it becomes an entangling thing? Something like that. I was reading this week uh, in a book this biographical sketch of uh, this man. I I hadn't known who he was before, but I was so impressed by his discipline and devotion to the Lord. And I was struck by how the author described what this man did, especially in light of preparing for this message. Listen to what he said, how he described this man. He said he constantly battled the subtle thieves that would steal his time. So simple, yet so profound. He constantly battled the subtle thieves that would steal his time. What subtle thieves are stealing your time this season? What weight do you need to cut off because it's entangling you in your race and it's keeping you from faithfully looking to Jesus? Of course, any sin needs to be cast off Immediately, but further than that, what other distractions in the race need to go? In what ways are you spending your time looking for satisfaction in in places you will never find satisfaction? What forms of, of entertainment and relaxation have become too much in your life and they're hindering you from your focus on your Savior and His promises? What kinds of things are you spending time doing that it's negatively affecting your thinking and it's leading you into a place of spiritual apathy and it's deceiving you to pursue the things of this world? You know, this morning I was preparing for this message and I was praying and I was thinking about this here and I thought I need to look up. Surely there's some statistics readily available on things like Netflix 
And so I, I bring this up to, to draw your attention uh, to just a prevailing problem. Yes, it's a problem. This is a pandemic in our world that the average person spends over two hours a day on Netflix before this last year. And in this last year, that number has increased by more than 60%. Whether it's Netflix or YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or maybe just good old-fashioned TV. Are there things in your life that you're spending too much time on that are trivial, that have no eternal consequence, and it's keeping you, it's holding you back in your pursuit of Jesus? What do you need to cast off in order to make better use of your time? Or how about this? In what ways are you resigned to spending more of your time alone right now than you absolutely have to? I know there are restrictions in place. I know that there's things that limit us. But are you not using whatever means you can to connect with others so that you can point them to Jesus and they can point you to Jesus? Seldom... Do I ever talk to anyone in our church who says, you know, I'm really satisfied with how I'm making the the best use of my time in my pursuit of the Lord, in my walk with Christ. If you're the exception, praise God, excel still more. But what a unique opportunity we have in this season to examine our own lives and to see what entanglements we need to cut off so that we can be encouraged and encouraging others in the faith. And I I don't want to just think of um, behaviors here and, and the practical things. We have to think of those, but listen, it starts in the heart. It starts with a genuine heart's cry to the Lord to say, Lord, change my heart. Change my desires, Lord. Change the reflexes of how I use my time that I might pursue you, that I might look to Jesus and make the best use of my time this season. Cut off every entanglement. That's the first way to make the most of our time this season. Okay, that's, that's what we need to get rid of, but, but we want to see next that to make the best use of our time this season, we must continue in worthy advancement. We must continue in worthy advancement. If we're going to make the most of our time this season, we need to persist forward in the areas that actually do warrant time and attention. And again, we need to do this in every season. But this season in particular deserves careful consideration because again, our normal rhythms have been so disrupted. What we're able to do and when we're able to do, and with whom we're able to do, and and where we're able to do. All of this has changed and continues to change and then change back and then change again. And yet, through it all, God's instruction for us remains unchanged. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. 
And there's numerous places in Scripture we might uh, turn to to elaborate on what this walk or this run uh, in God's will should look like. And, and where I'd like us to turn now is to 2 Peter chapter 1. I chose this passage uh, because of three words in particular, but, but really the whole passage ties so well with what we're uh, thinking about this morning and even what we've been seeing uh, in the letter to the Romans. In 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, let's begin reading in verses 3 and 4. Peter says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. What does this mean for us? What does this mean for the church of Jesus Christ? It means that God in His grace has saved us from our sin through knowing Christ Jesus and and now through being united to Him, we have power from Him to live for Him as we wait for the final fulfillment of His promises. For this reason, look at verse 5, for this reason it says, now here's those three words, make every effort Make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, if, if they're advancing, if these worthy qualities are yours and are increasing. They keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Make every effort. And now remember, the effort here isn't to get right with God. It's not to earn His forgiveness. It's not to earn a place in His eternal dwelling. It's not to earn any of His promises. No, that's already all been granted through faith, as a free gift of His grace. If you're listening to this message this morning, and Jesus is not your King, if you've not looked to Him for the forgiveness of your sins, I don't want you to think that this is just some message about using our time better. Yeah, you're right. You know, i got to stop doing some of those things because i got other things that I need to get to. This is not just some helpful talk on time Management, listen, this, is, this message is a message about looking to Jesus. And the way to make the most of your time this season, if you've never looked to Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, is to bow the knee to Him, to look to Him as the Savior of the world who came to die and pay the penalty for your sin, who rose again from the grave, who lives as one who conquered death, and the penalty for sin, and who's preparing an eternal dwelling place for all those who love Him, for all those who have looked to Him in faith. The effort, this effort being talked about here is is after 
this free gift has been received. This effort is, this command, make every effort, is to, to live, to walk, to run the race as one who is effective and fruitful in Christ, one who, who is growing in the knowledge of Jesus, who's living for Him, who's making the best use of our time. Yes, even in this season. We need to apply all diligence to continue to grow in these worthy qualities. I just want to go through this list and and offer a brief explanation of each one and and even offer a practical application of how this might play out in our own lives in this particular season. First, we need to grow in virtue. We need to add to our faith virtue. This word virtue, it's, it's a word that's used by the ancient Greeks to describe excellent character qualities. And maybe, maybe what you do is you, you cast off those entanglements that are weighing you down in the race and, and you look to one of those qualities that you know that you want to grow in. Maybe you find a good scripturally based book to help you learn and, and grow and develop in this character quality so that you can look more like Jesus Christ. Next, we need to grow in knowledge. We need to make sure that no matter what season we're in, we're continuing to spend time in God's Word so that we can keep growing in the knowledge of Him and His will. He's given us this revelation, this book, to to give us knowledge and understanding. And some of you, you have less time than you had before. Let me just encourage you to spend time in God's Word. Don't let that slip away. Some of you, you have different time. And what I mean by that is your, your, your routines, your habits, your, your days have been switched up. And maybe the time you used to devote to spending in God's Word has, has been um, needed to be shifted and used in a different way. Examine your life. Look carefully how you're walking so that you do actually move that time to a different part of your day and it doesn't again slip away. Some of you, you've, you're finding yourself with even more time than ever before. And I've heard from some of you, you're, you're discouraged and maybe even lonely because you, you just have more time on your hands and less to do, less places to go, less people to be with. And could I just encourage you this morning to see that as an opportunity to draw nearer to the Lord? Perhaps this season for you could be a season in your life where you grow in the knowledge of God in ways like you've never before because you're spending even more time pouring over the study of His Word. Imagine the fruitfulness of that. Imagine what... Um, joys of growing closer to the Lord could come by seeing this season as an opportunity to spend more time in the Word of God. Next, Peter says we need to grow in self-control. I think 
really our earlier point pretty much covers this one. We, we need to be disciplined. We need to practice restraint. We need to cast off the entanglements that are weighing us down and keeping us from our pursuit toward Jesus. Next, the scriptures say we need to grow in steadfastness. Steadfastness. This is, this is the endurance that's required to run the race. This is the perseverance that we need to exercise. And you want to know what comes to mind as a, by way of a practical application for this one? Scripture memorization. Maybe this season is an opportunity for you to really get after Scripture memorization. And, and this comes to mind, I think, because it requires, it requires steadfastness while at the same time it strengthens steadfastness. For most of us, it's really hard work, so it requires endurance, and yet it yields the sweet benefit of helping us to persevere through hard times because we've stored God's Word up in our hearts. Maybe this season it's a good time for you to begin to practice Scripture memorization or to excel still more in this practice. Next, it says we need to be growing in godliness. We need to be advancing in godliness. And, and this, is, this is holy living that is rooted and grounded in devotion to God. This, that, that old word, piety, this is where this comes from. And a practical application here is, of course, prayer. Prayer, we're, we're thinking uh, this morning about how to make the best use of our time this season. This must, this must, this must include prayer. This must include continuing in prayer. We, we, we want to walk closely with our Savior. We want to keep our eyes fixed on Him. We want to live for Him. We must commune with Him. We must grow in godliness. Next, we must grow in brotherly affection. This is our family-like bond with fellow believers. And this is what we've been missing so much because, listen, unlike any of these other qualities, it's impossible to do brotherly affection on our own. Brotherly affection is engaging in the one another's of Scripture, in the, in the one anothering with our church family. It's serving one another. It's encouraging one another. It's praying with one another. It's singing with one another. And all these other one another's that we see in the New Testament that we're supposed to be engaged in. And I hope your heart has been stirred this season toward brotherly affection because you've been missing this. And you see the benefit and, and just the wisdom of God in this. And we want this to be normal in the ways that we spend our time. So let, let me encourage you, even as things are so different, look for ways to practice brotherly affection, to do the one another's, even if it's different than before. This would be an appropriate time to mention the in-person gathering of the church. Listen, as soon as possible, get back to the Lord's Day gathering with the brothers and sisters in the church. 
Finally, the Word of God says we need to grow in love. This most worthy quality that we are to advance in is, is love. We need to love God and others. Jesus said this is the greatest and the next greatest command. We need to have devotion to God and we, and we need to commit to pursuing the greatest good of others. Listen, if we're not advancing in love during this season, then something has to change in the way we're spending our time, right? If we're not looking more like Jesus, who himself is love, who, who loved us and gave himself for us, then we're not. We can't be making the best use of our time, right? We must advance in love. And in all of these other worthy qualities listed here in this passage and in all the other ways given to us throughout the Word of God, this is how we need to make the most of our time in this season. For some, it's not continue, it's, it's commit to. Maybe for you, you're saying, I've been so wrapped up in spending my time on things that don't really matter Maybe you're recognizing this has to change. I can't just sit back on my faith anymore. And listen, if God wants to use this season to bring that to your heart and affect transformation in your life right now, then praise God for that. For others, this season is so dangerous. We're in danger of, of being pulled back into a complacency Everything gets shifted around. Our lives get tossed around. Our time is, is shifted and, and it's exhausting really. And this, this can be discouraging. So let us heed the word of God that says that we must be careful and we must examine how we're making use of our time so that we would make the best use of the time that we have. We must cast off every entanglement. We must continue in worthy advancement and listen maybe in some ways we do need a new normal may God help us to make the most of our time this season looking to Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith let's pray God we, we need you so desperately we call out to you this morning saying, worthy, worthy, worthy are you, O oh God, of our whole lives. Help us to run the race. Help us to walk in a manner that is pleasing to you, making the best use of our time. God, give us power by your Spirit to change what needs to be changed. Lord, give us wisdom to recognize what that is. Help us, Lord, in this difficult season to use our days that you've given to us in the best possible ways, Lord. And we pray in your providence and in your grace and in your mercy that you would use this time, God, to build upon our faith for our good and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.